before we go any further in the message, I have a public service announcement. This message was pirated by permission from Pastor Doug McLean. All right, so I, I heard him preach on this passage and he used this saying and this phrase that stuck with me. It's not the same message. I did tell, talk to him this week and I asked him if I could borrow a few of his thoughts. And again, it's all God's word, but it really stuck with me. I heard him speak many years ago at a youth activity about this uh, passage and, and this way, and it was a help to me. So I hope it'd be a help to you. And I'll be honest with you, in studying this week, God given me something to be a help uh, through through my journey and through me trying to enjoy life. So I hope He'll give you something tonight. In fact, let's pause and ask God to give us all something tonight as we look at the Word of God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we direct our attention now to Your Word, to this story, I pray that in this uh, story that You recorded for us, so it's not really a nice story that we may see those things in our life that may be pulling the joy out of our life. And Lord, I pray you make it very clear to each one of us if we're making these mistakes and that we could tonight change our thinking and change our direction so that we could experience the full joy that you want us to, to feel and to understand and to know. Lord, tonight we don't want to manufacture any kind of joy. We want that joy to flow from you the, brand, the vine to us, the branch, and, and come out of our life. And Lord, I pray that that joy would be full. So please help us tonight as we look at these things to understand and that each person that has made the effort to come tonight would receive something from your word that would be a challenge and encouragement to them. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So let me introduce you to some of the characters tonight in the story. And some of you know this story and some of you don't, maybe. But we'll go through the story briefly and then look at a few things. David, all right, David the king, all right. Tell me something, he's familiar to all of us. Somebody tell me something about David that you know about David. You can either raise your hand or shout it out. We're among friends tonight. What do you know about David? Kill Goliath, all right. That's usually the first thing. If I said this, David and, Dave, would you say Delilah? I said Delilah. I said, no, that's a whole story, different story. But usually those, that's filled in by, if you say David and, usually filled in with the greatest moment of his life and the biggest defeat. David and Goliath or David and Bathsheba, right? And, we filled, and that marks maybe the two highlights of his life and low light of his life. David, what else do you know about David. Okay, that, that's really, he's a man after God's own heart. King David, the man after God's own heart. Anything else you know about David? David and Jonathan, he had a best friend, Jonathan. What else was I heard over there? He's a warrior, for sure. And he was a, a mighty man of battle, and God used him in a great way. Anything else? So a lion and bear, you know, with, before he even became king. The great psalmist, he's a, he's a great poet, and, and, and very... Um, very deep in his uh, emotional outpouring. And you see, if you read through Psalms, his highs and lows. And, and you know, an interesting guy here. So we know about King David. So he is uh, the king in this story. At this time, he's king. And in fact, this, this story is happening, just to put it in context, about two to three years probably after David and Bathsheba. All right, so after he had his biggest fall, we come to this story in his life. In the story, we have Amnon. Amnon was a son of David. In fact, I think the Bible gives us 19 sons of David, and he's the oldest. Amnon was the eldest son of David. And so he's here in the story. We have in this story uh, Tamar. Tamar was David's daughter, all right? And she's also the half-sister of Amnon, all right? So we have 
King David, who had multiple wives, right? And so David's one son, Amnon, from one lady, and from another lady, he had Tamar. So these uh, Tamar and Amnon are here in the story, and they're a half-brother, half-sister, same father, different mother. Uh, they're in the story here. And then we have a man named Jonadab. Jonadab was King David's nephew. So it'll be Amnon's cousin. So you kind of get this family tree in your mind. And this is kind of where the soap opera begins with uh, King David and his son Amnon and his daughter Tamar. And then you have Jonadab, the cousin of of these guys, who's kind of outside, but he's still part of the royal family in some ways. And so these are the the main actors. Um, And the other guy that's kind of in the story later on is Absalom, which is also David's son, full brother of Tamar half-brother of Amnon, all right? So this is the kind of the actors in the story. Again, we're not going to go deep into the story. But the story, I'll give you the brief story here, is that in the end, Amnon ends up forcing his step, his half-sister in an immoral relationship, all right? So we're not going to delve into all that part of it. But that's why I hate reading this story. It's, it's, it's just it's wicked, and it's just evil, and it's just... There's nothing good that comes out of it, and it's, it's just bad. And, and David doesn't really do much about it, maybe because he still realizes that just two and a half, three years earlier, he, he messed up and made a big mistake and killed a man and all those kind of things. And so for some reason, King David doesn't deal much with it, but all goes on. In the end, Absalom ends up killing his half-brother Amnon, and the whole thing ends up. So it's really a mess, and so... We're going to look at all the details, but that's just kind of the, the main story. So let's read here in 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. So Tamar was a beautiful girl, and her half-brother, Amnon, had developed feelings for her. It says he loved her, verse number one. And then number two, and Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. And the word vexed means to be distressed or be stressed out. So he was stressed out. He was vexed. It was on his mind. It, it, It was just working over and over. And so he would see this girl around uh, the palace and around the town, and, and, he, and he had a feelings for her, but he felt it hard to do anything because it was his half-sister. So he, he was kind of in this emotional turmoil, and he never dealt with it. He just kind of just let it linger over and over and over again, and it distressed him. It stressed him out. It vexed him. And the, the Bible says he fell sick. He, it, it means to rub or wore him down. And, and uh, so he, this is a situation that he's in, and it says in verse number 3, but Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, and the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And I've heard many messages preached on that, you know, about your friendships. And we talk about that to teenagers all the time. And I remember even at college hearing those messages. And it's a great message. We're not going to talk so much about that a little bit later on. Verse 4. And he said, so Jonadab, his friend, says to Amnon, he said unto him, I want you to notice this question. Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? He said, he said what's wrong with you, man? What, what, what's wrong with the king's son? You're the king's son, and yet you're lean from day to day. The word lean means you're poor, you're weak, you're, you're needy. There's something wrong. What's bugging you? From I, I've watched you now day after day after day. What's your problem, man? What's going on in there? Because you're the, you're, the, you're the king's son, and, and you have 
You're lean. Why are you being the king's son so lean from day to day? Look at the rest of the verse. And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. So he asked the question, what's wrong with the king's son? It's a good question. Why are you being, you're the king's son. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you happy? Why don't you have joy? You're the king. You know, here's several reasons why he should have been happy. First of all, his father. His father was the king. (laughs) He had a loving father who was, listen, a man after God's own heart. That was his father. And in fact, in the story, everyone knew, everyone knew that if Amnon had a problem, David would come running. Because in this whole story, Jonadab says, Here's, I got a plan for you how you can get with Tamar. And he said, I got a plan for you. Here's what you do. Act like you're sick. And when, when, King Dave, when King David comes to see you, he said, if you're sick, the king's going to come check on you. You have a loving, everybody knew that, that King David was an involved, loving father. And so why is the king's son who has a, such a wonderful father lean from day to day? Not only did he have his father, but he had the favor. He was uh, in the king's palace. Everything that he needed was taken care of. He didn't worry about anything. All his needs were met. I mean, he was the king's son. Of all the people in the land, he didn't worry about where his food was going to come from or what his job was going to be. All those things were taken care of. All his needs were met and more above and beyond. He was the king's son. His future was bright. He was the king's son. Listen, he was the eldest of the king's sons. I mean, and we know it didn't work out this way, and God had chosen Solomon to be the next king. But usually the eldest son is the owner of the birthright and the follower in the line. So, I mean, he had a place of prestige. He had a bright future, yet he was lean from day to day. With all these things going for him, why wasn't Amnon enjoying life? And listen, why can't we ask ourselves the same question? We talk about your father, your favor, your bright future. As a child of the king, why don't we enjoy life? It seems like if anybody should be enjoying life, it's the king's sons. It's the king's children. You're, you're a child of God. You have a, a, a father who loves you. And if you need anything, he'll be running. He, he's there for you, right? The Bible tells us over and over again, he's a God at hand, not a God afar off. I mean, he's, he's right there for you. And to talk about his favor, man, there's verse after verse after verse about his favor in our life. I read a verse this week that says something to the effect of um, that he will make us drink of the, the rivers of his pleasure, of his pleasures. His loving kindness is great to us, and he's going to make us drink of his pleasures. That's, that's our God. I mean, his favor is on us, and our future is bright. There is a home in heaven, all right? Heaven's real. There is a God, and so your future is bright. And so if anybody ought to be happy, it ought to be us. If anybody ought to be able to enjoy life, it ought to be us. So why are we not enjoying life? What hinders us from enjoying life? If we're not careful, the choices we make can suck the joy out of our life, even though we're the child of the king. So let me show you tonight three decisions that Amnon made that caused him to lose his joy. Why he was lean from day to day to day, even though he was the king's son. Number one, I want to show you this. 
we see in our story here that he was focusing on what he did not have. He sat around and looked at what he did not have. He didn't sit around looking at what he did have. He looked at what he didn't have. He did have the throne. He did have the king. He did have the palace. He did have the food. He did have all the amenities you can imagine. He did have so many things, but he sat and he looked at what he did not have. You know, as the king's son, he could have had any girl in the kingdom with his father's blessing. That's how it worked back then. Do you remember when King David saw Bathsheba? And he sent for her, even though she was a married woman. Guess what? She came. It worked that way. And if the king's, so here's Amnon in the kingdom. He could have any girl that he wanted as long as the father gave the blessing. But he looked at what he did not have. You know, this is a strange thing. In the story, if we look down to verse uh, number 13, when all this plan takes place, Tamar is trying to talk Uh, Amnon out of doing something foolish and she says this verse number 13 and I whither shall I cause my shame to go and as for thee thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel now therefore I pray thee speak unto the king for he will not withhold me from thee she said don't do this go talk to the king and this will all be good he won't withhold me from you so it's quite possible that even going the right, and I don't know how this all works, because according to the Bible, the Old Testament, it's not a good thing for a man to, be, to marry uh, his half-sister. That's still biblical back in the Old Testament law. So, but they did a lot of things that were kind of weird back in this, in this time. And so she's saying, whether she's just trying to talk him out of what he's doing or it really means it, go talk to the king. Just go talk to the king. But listen, if it's not the Father's will, it's not worth pursuing. Any relationship that's not the Father's will is not worth pursuing. So if he would have gone to King David, King David said, no, it's not worth pursuing. We can learn from that. Listen, if it's not the Father's will for you, it's not worth pursuing. Sometimes we we just reach out and we're stretching out and we sit and and think of all the things that haven't gone our way, all the things that we don't have, all, all the pitfalls that come in, and we focus on what we don't have, not what we do have. That's why he lost his joy. Focusing on what he did not have rather than what he did have robbed Amnon of his joy, and the same is true here in 2020. Sometimes we take our eyes off God. We don't look at all that God has given us. And we look at what we don't have. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just sat there and thought about all the things that God has done for you? So often we focus on things that maybe haven't gone our way. Do you want to be lean from day to day? Do you want to lose? Here, here, let me give you a, a surefire way to lose your joy. Focus on the house that you don't have instead of enjoying the place that you're living right now. Focus on the house you don't have rather than the house you do have. Focus on the promotion you did not get rather than the job God's given you. Focus on those things. Focus on the relationship that you don't have rather than thanking God for the relationships that you do have. Well, this hasn't worked out. You know, focus on the things that haven't worked out for you rather than the things that God has done for you. Hey, there's all, if you could rewrite your story, if you could take a pen and write your story, all of us would write our story a little different than has happened, right? It's true. 
there are things that have happened in my life. And if you sit around and you think about all the things that haven't gone your way, you know what's going to happen? You're going to lose your joy. You're not going to change one thing about what's happened, but you're going to lose your joy. And if you sit around thinking about all, you know, so-and-so has this, and, and, you know, for some reason, that guy got to retire early, and I got to keep working, and they have this toy that I don't have, and, and they're in this relationship, and, and I haven't been able to have that relationship, and this is what I want, and, and you fo- we focus on the things we don't have. And because of that, we end up not having joy right now. When you are going through that in your mind, let me, let me encourage you to remind yourself you're a child of the king. And when you think about all the things that maybe you don't have, it hasn't gone your way, remind yourself you're a child of the king. If there's something you want, go ask your king, who happens to be your father. The king of kings and lord of lords is your, in the New Testament, your Abba Father. Hey, Daddy, here's something I would like. Other guys have got it. I don't seem to have it. I'm not sure why they've got it. I don't have it. I don't have this relationship. I don't have this, uh, this toy. I don't have this. I, don't have, I, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out. Go talk to your dad about it. If he gives it to you, great. Praise the Lord. If you, if you have something that you want and you, and you want and you sit around and think, I'd like to have that, and you talk to your father about it and he gives it to you, praise the Lord. Thank you, God. That's a great gift. If he doesn't give it to you, accept the fact that, and this is an old TV show, Father Knows Best. Your father knows best. Your father knows what you need more than you know what you need. In fact, your father knows what you want more than you know what you You may think you want that thing, but he knows it's not good for you. Trust your father. And if you sit around thinking about all the things that you don't have instead of focusing on what you do have, it won't be a very joyful life. The joyful life that Christ promises, you'll lose that because you focused on the wrong thing. Let me show you something else here. Hindrance number two, giving into the flesh. Giving into the flesh. This point really helped me this week. I hope I can make it clear to you like it was clear to me. Look at verse number one. It came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon loved Tamar. I don't know if this is a good love or a bad love. That word love in the, in the Bible can be used either a bad love or a good love. All right. So we don't know. We know that the way he fulfilled his love, which turned to lust for Tamar, was wrong. We know that's a matter of fact, that's biblical. What he did was so wrong. What he did was so bad. What he did was so, that's why I hate the story. By the time Jonadab in our story comes on the scene, Amnon has already lost his joy because he's just been entertaining the flesh over and over and over and over again. He has this desire. He has this desire for his half-sister. And he says to himself, it's too hard. I can't do anything about this. I, I so badly want this relationship, but I know I can't have it. And 
This battle goes on and on and on inside the heart of Amnon to the point that he loses his joy, to the point that his friend says, what's wrong with you, man? Every day I see you, you're lean, you're poor, you're needy, you're the king's son. What's your problem? you got everything you want and you can't even be happy with that. What's wrong with you, man? Because in his mind, he entertained this battle, the battle between what he knew was right and between what he wanted. And he entertained the flesh. You know, the New Testament word that we would use for what happened here is lust. But you know, the New Testament word just means a strong desire. Lust often, most often in the Bible, is used in a bad way. But sometimes it's used in a good way. A strong desire. Galatians says this, The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. There, there's a strong desire. If you're saved, you understand this. There's a strong desire in you to do wrong. And if you're saved, there's a strong desire in you to do right. There's a lust. There's a lust is a desire to be used of God. There's a lust is a desire to please your Heavenly Father. There's that strong desire that all of us, and, and maybe you feel like you just, sometimes you just want to just give it all in and surrender all and just trust God and let God do something wonderful through you. You have that strong desire and you have a strong desire to do your own thing. And the Bible says these two strong desires battle inside of us. So let me be clear. We said first point was he concentrated or focused on things he did not have. I believe it's okay to want something that you don't have. It's okay. I think it's good. I think it's good for you to have visions of something that you don't have right now that you would like to attain or have. That's nothing wrong with that. But you just can't sit around and focus on what you don't have. You'll lose your joy. So here's the question. This is helpful to me. How do you know if a desire is a good desire or a bad desire? So let's say you have a desire for a relationship. How do you know that relationship's good or bad? You have a strong desire for it. How do you know if it's good or bad? You have a strong desire for a, a new career, a new promotion. Uh, I'm just not happy where I'm at right now. I, just, I desire something. How do you know if that's a good desire or a bad desire? I, I like to have a new house. Nothing wrong. I hope you get a new house. That'd be great. I mean, if you have a bigger house, a nicer house, or, that's great. Nothing wrong with desiring to have those things. How do you know if that's a good desire or a bad desire? Well, number one, if you're focused on that so much that you don't have and it's costing you your joy, you're not in a good place. Right, you hear me? If you're at that point where you are focused on what you don't have so much that you can't enjoy what you do have, then you're, you're not right. You need to make sure things are right there. How do you know if that desire is a good desire or bad desire? Let's do this tonight. Let's rewrite this story a little bit. One day, Amnon's walking through the palace. He notices a girl. She's a pretty girl, fair, a fair girl, a good girl, a virgin, the Bible says, just a good girl. And he, finds, he says, hey, who is that girl? Well, that's Tamar, your half-sister. Oh, that's probably not good, is it? I, she's, she's beautiful. I, you know, I don't know. She's, she's something. I'm really taken by her. But she's my half-sister. That's probably not a good thing. And so he lets it go. And then he sees her again. He said, oh, man, she is, I, there's something about that girl. I just can't take my eyes off that girl. But, you know, she's my half-sister. What, so let's say Amnon tries to get that out of his mind. He can't stop thinking about Tamar. She's a beautiful girl. She's a good girl. He's the king's son. What should Amnon have done at that point? 
Go talk to the king. Go talk to the king. Go talk to your dad. Hey, dad, king, I was just in the palace and I saw this girl and I just can't stop thinking about her. It's Tamar. And I know she's my half-sister. I don't know how that all works. Probably not a good thing. Well, then the king would make the decision for Amnon. The king could say, hey, that's okay. If, if that's the girl you want, that's fine. No problem. Or the king's going to say, son, what are you thinking, man? That's your, that's your half-sister. You are out there, man. You stop thinking about that girl, but let's go find yourself another. Uh, any other girl in the kingdom that's not related to you, she's fair game. Let's go find yourself. Some, I'll find you a better relationship for you than Tamar, your half-sister. We can do better than that, son. Had he just taken his desire and brought it to the king or to his father, the father would always help him sort through that desire. Is your desire for a new career? Is your desire for a new house? Is your desire for a new relationship? Is your desire for something different? Is your desire a good desire or a bad desire? I don't know. But I know somebody that does. Take that desire to the king, who's your father, who can provide anything for you, and he'll help you sort through that. And I guarantee this. He'll either let you have your desire or he'll give you a different desire. That's what our king does for us. That's what he, he wants you to have the desires. It's always a good idea, always a good idea to direct your desires and your wants to the Father. Have you ever just sat down to God and said, God, I got a lot of things I want. <laughs> I like to have this. I like to have that. I like to take my wife here. I like to do these things. I like to pay my mortgage off. I like to have financial freedom. I like to have, you know, this trip. I like to, I like to have these things. You know, I'd like to go to Israel someday, and I just don't know how I could ever afford that. I'd like to have these things. And if you sit there and think, you know, I can't afford to go to Israel, but someone else went to, well, how come they can go afford to go to Israel, and I can't go to, or how come they can go on this big trip, and I can't go on this big trip, and I've worked hard, and I've done my, my if you do that, you will drive yourself crazy and, and rob the joy out of your life. But if you take that desire to God and say, God, here's my desires, if you could work that out, and let God work through that with you, and he'll let you know if that's a good desire or a bad desire. And either, he's, the, he's the king. Our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if he wants to give us those things, he can. And he will. Look at this verse. I think you mostly know this. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thy heart. He'll give you the desires. Psalm 37, verse 4. He'll, he'll, he'll change your desires. Have you ever had, like, when you, you think about what you, if you go back 20 years in your life, those of you who are old enough, go back 20 years in life, and what was really important to you then and what's really important to you now, your desires change. And the Bible is teaching us here that if we'll delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give you those desires. He'll change, he'll change your desires. You may think, this is really important to me, God. I really want this, and I'm, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to ask you for it, and, and I'm just trusting you with this. I, I'm not going to go beyond. I'm not going to rob my joy, but it's a, it's a desire that I have. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust you with it, and then maybe within six months or a year, God changes it. He said, I don't even care about that anymore at all. What I care about now is this. Hey, Lord, this is what, I'm really, <laughs> this is what I really want. And let the Lord change your desires. Give him your desires. Run to the king. Oh, I wish I could read this story today and say, Amnon saw this pretty girl, and he went to the king, and King David said, no, son, you are messed up. Pick another girl. How about this girl? She's beautiful. She's great. 
I think she'd be great for you. And Amnon and so-and-so lived happily ever after. I wish I could tell you that story. That's not the story. The story is Amnon got so wrapped up in his flesh and just dwelt on that and dwelt. I got to have that. I, I don't have that. I want that. I, I, I'm, this battle is going on. I'm not, I'm not winning the battle. I'm just going to let this thing linger in my mind over and over and over again. And so he took was not, what was not rightfully his. And in the end, within two years, Amnon's dead because Absalom comes back and avenges his sister and takes care of business. All because he pushed his way through and took what didn't belong to him. He lost his joy because he gave in to the flesh. One more thing I'll give you quickly here. Hindrance to our joy, number three, listening to the wrong crowd. <laughs> I remember a guy preached at college. I remember so clearly. And we had, I, I went to Pensacola Christian College. There was probably three to 4,000 people in the auditorium. And the guy got up there and preached this message. And he said, but he had a friend. And he pointed to one section. And he pointed to another thing. But he had a friend. But he had a friend. But he had a friend. He must have done that a, a hundred times in that message. And it stuck with me. But he had a friend. He listened to the wrong crowd. Jonadab comes up with a plan. Things went from bad to worse when Amnon listened to Jonadab. He's already in bad shape. He's already focusing on the things that, that he can't have or didn't have. And he's already dwelling on the flesh and letting the flesh control him. And it's eating him up. I mean, he's vexed. It, it's, it's visible on his face that he's not happy. And, and his friend says, what's your problem, man? You're the king's son. You can have whatever you want. You don't have this. What's your problem? He says, well, I want my sister Tamar. And he had, so Jonadab, his buddy has a plan. And he, the Bible here calls him a subtle man. Interesting word, subtle man. There's a word that was used of the devil in Genesis 3 that it was the, the most subtle of all the creatures, right? That's a different word in the Hebrew than this word. I thought it'd be the same word, different word. This word just means he was wise. Jonadab was a smart guy. And he was a guy that that you know was it's not even this word does not even mean that he was a bad guy, though we see he was a bad guy. This word just means that he's a smart dude. And he was a subtle man, and, and he makes his plan, and he has it all picked out to work up so that Amnon can fulfill his desires. Look at verse number 15. After all this takes place, and he forces his sister, then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. Get out of here. Listen, when he got what he wanted, he didn't want what he got. <laughs> right? When he got what he wanted, he didn't want it. Uh, he was so lovesick for this girl and had to have her. And then he took what didn't belong to her, and belonged to him, and he didn't. I don't, he hated her. And the hatred he had was, was more than the love that he had. He said, Just get out of here. I'm telling you, folks, if, if we as, as children of the king try to bypass the will of the Father and take what we want, you won't want what you got. Because your Father wants you to be happy and joyful and full. That's his desire for you. And listen to this. The opposite is true of a good desire. 
Proverbs 13, verse 9 says this, The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. The desire, when you get, when you have a good desire and that works out and it happens, it's sweet to your soul. If you have a bad desire and you get what you want, you'll get what you want, but you won't want what you got. And now it's too late. The deed's been done. And Amnon's made a mess of things. Because he listened to the wrong crowd. And you and me, if we listen to the wrong crowd, will rob us of our joy. We talk about social media and how the, there's all kinds of stuff. on. And, and, and listen, social media can rob you of your joy. It can. But listen, the same thing is true about social media as is true about the coffee shop. And sometimes we preach to young people, you know, stay off social media. Stay, you know, there's all that bad stuff on social media. What are we talking about in the coffee shop? Like, it's just as bad to say something negative on social media as it is to say something negative around four guys at a coffee table. It's the same. But yet, sometimes we look at the younger generation, yeah, they have this social media, and they put all this stuff, and it's all negative, yada, yada, yada. What are, what are, are we, when we sit around at a dinner table or hang with our friends, is, what's the conversation like? Is it positive and uplifting? I'll tell you what, you want to you lose your joy, hang around the wrong crowd. They'll suck the joy out of you. Hey, can I encourage you to avoid a negative spirit? If, you're, if we're sitting around talking about things that are negative all the time, it will drain you of your joy. Can I encourage you to stay away from a critical spirit? I, I don't like the way this was done. What, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I'm not saying we don't have conversation and we don't talk about, about life and things like that. Just be careful of a critical, negative spirit, an angry spirit. You know, a lot of the stuff on social media is anger. I mean, and, and that, I'm, I'm talking about, and you guys probably don't even know this, but among independent Baptist preachers sometimes, there's a lot of negative, anger-filled stuff on the Internet, on social media. I avoid that stuff. I, I don't... There's a guy, I won't use his name, there's a guy that writes a magazine all, and all, in my mind, all he does is criticize and criticize and negative, negative, negative. I don't read that magazine. He may be 100% right. I just don't want to listen to all the negative stuff. I don't need it. I want to enjoy my life. I, I want to live life that pleases God and I want to stay on the right track and I want to have a good, clean mind and enjoy my Heavenly Father. And so I know that these things will rob me of my joy, avoiding drama. We talked about that earlier. If you want to love life and see good days, avoid drama. Stay out of it. Be careful who you hang around. These three things robbed him of his joy to the point that it was very visible on his face. This guy's not, he's the king's son. He has everything going for him, yet he can't be happy because he's hanging around the wrong crowd. He's giving into the flesh and he's focusing on things he doesn't have. If you're a child of God, you have every reason to enjoy life. What's wrong with God's children today? If anybody in this world ought to be happy, it ought to be us. You know, I know this world's not our friend. I get that. But you have a connection to the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's your heavenly Father. So we have every reason to be happy and enjoy life. Is it because we're so focused on what we don't have? that we can't enjoy all the things God's provided for us? Is it because we're entertaining the lust of our flesh rather than pursuing, pursuing the desires 
of the Spirit? Are we listening to all the noise around us like gossip and criticizing and negative chatter? Is that draining us of our joy? You will never enjoy the life God intends for you to enjoy as his child unless you remove the hindrances. So let me encourage you. Are you enjoying life? Don't let these hindrances keep you from enjoying life. Get rid of them. It's decisions that you make. If Amnon had said, hey, I have a desire for my sister, I'm going to go to the Father and talk about it, everything had been good. But because he took things into his own hands to take what he thought he wanted, he made a mess of his life, a mess of Tamar's life, a mess of uh, Absalom's life. King David was affected. All because he didn't trust the king enough with his own desires. Would you bow your head and close your eyes?